Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Brother You Love of Sports. You already know who it is, man. It's your host, Corey Lovett, and you already know I'm here with my co-host, my brother, Carl Lovett Jr. How we doing, man? What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Two weeks two weeks since we did this. You, yeah. You ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready to go. How you make How you make it out there in this weather today, though? <sighs> man, you know, it's the snow. You know, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of it, man, but yeah. kind of came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting... I think they said we got five, five or six inches or so, but definitely wasn't expecting it, man. But you know, living in the Midwest, I've always learned to expect the unexpected. So you never know what you're gonna get with the weather out here, right? And gotta get into Super Bowl. We gotta talk Lakers. We got shaking to take it today. So let's just dive right into it, man. Obviously, you know, we talked about the Super Bowl last last time we recorded. Gave our predictions. I picked the 49ers in this in this game. You, you picked did. the Chiefs. Kind of kind of did a little switch of rule cuz you know I've been I've been <laughs> singing the Chiefs yeah, praises pretty much all year long, but we seen the 49ers and the Chiefs go head to head in a rematch of of the Super Bowl from a few years ago. And the Chiefs ended up coming out with the victory in in a uh, overtime game, 25 to 22. And uh to to give Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid and and the gang their third championship, man, and you know, not not to can't go unnoticed that this is definitely definitely a dynasty. You know that can't be disputed. But you know, real quick before before we get into that, before we address the game, I just kind of want to address something. You know that happened at the parade. Yeah. You know, obviously at the end uh, of the parade. You know, unfortunately, um, with the two active shooters, mass shooting, uh, I believe uh, up to twenty injured, one person lost their life. So I do just want to first, first quickly start by saying, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to, you know, all the families, all the people affected by that. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just ridiculous that, that, uh, some people do these type of things. And, and, you know, when a city comes together to celebrate something like this, like I said, third championship, uh, within six years, I mean, that's definitely something to be celebrate, celebrated and, it's unfortunate that it had to come to that, you know, that it had to end on such a bad note. And, you know, it's unfortunate that, that these things happen. And, you know, there's no question that something has to be done about the gun laws in, in, in this in this country, for sure. And that, that just has to be something that's reviewed. But, uh, yeah, I just first want to start by saying that, man, thoughts and prayers go out to everybody affected <clears throat> by, by that shooting. So, yeah, yeah just, absolutely. Just, uh, uh Unfortunate that we even have to talk about yeah. that. That kind of takes away from from the game, but it's unfortunate that somebody would do something like that. But yeah, absolutely, um, I agree. Thoughts and prayers are to it, all those affected on a just like you said, yet another senseless act of violence. And it seems that like you know we we're getting to the point like where we're just constantly saying that and we're getting numb to it. But you know that's just it seems like it's a cliche, but that's just the world that we live in today, where you know you can take an event an occasion that's supposed to be nothing but celebratory and joyous for everybody involved and it gets turned into something that's just evil and disgusting so it's uh it's hard to talk about but again thoughts and prayers to everybody that's affected by just a senseless tragedy absolutely now let's kind of get in get kind of turning around here and get into the game uh you know i'll start here and i'll kick it over to you like i said you Mm -hmm. know I, i i picked the 49ers in this game uh, oddly enough, because like I said, you know, I've been singing the Chiefs' praises pretty much all year. Everybody wanted to jump off the bandwagon. Everybody wanted to get off of them. But, you know, I was the one that said, you know, I'm never going to count 
count Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid out. And uh, you know, I picked them. <clears throat> I picked them to get to the Super Bowl, but you know, I just thought reason reason being that I picked the Forty Nineers. You know, I just thought that they played well, and you know, I think the Forty Nineers have been the best team, other than the Baltimore Ravens. I believe the Forty Nineers have been the best team all year long. Probably, I mean, the second best team in the NFL, and, they, and they've and they played that way. And I believe when I look at the weapons that they have on the outside, man, when I look at the weapons that they have on the offensive side, and <clears throat> when I look at a Debo Samuel, a George Kittle, a Christian McCaffrey, and Brock Purdy, who you know, I, I'm gonna get a hint to him a little a little bit later. Pause. Um, I'm gonna talk about him a little bit later, but. When I just look at the the weapons that they have, and when I look at you know Kyle Shanahan, you know his offensive genius, I thought that they had the tools, and I thought they had the makeup to win this game. And I just and like I said, I, I've been riding with the Chiefs all year long, but I just felt that the 49, 49ers could go in and potentially win this game and win it in a convincing fashion, but. You know, when when you look at how this game kind of unfolded, it kind of started off that way. The Chiefs jump out to a to a 10-point lead and San Francisco. Excuse me. San Francisco jump yeah. out jumps out to a 10-point lead and the 49ers had to have their chances in this game, man, to 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 blow this to really blow this open early. You know, they took an early lead. I believe Ended up getting up 10-3 or 10-0, whichever one it was. But took an early lead. And, you know, then you had the Christian McCaffrey fumble. The uh, the punt return that bounces right off the guy's foot. The block the block field goal. So, I mean, there, there, there were accumulation of things that kind of contributed to their downfall. But, you know, I still think they played well. They were in the game. They, they didn't get blown out. But... I'll start. I'll start with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy didn't lose this game; he just didn't win the game. Right. And this is and this is what I've been preaching all year long. When when you guys have tried to anoint Brock Purdy, you've got to try to anoint him. And this is what I've said. And whether or not you agree with the Cam Newton game manager comments, look. Here's the thing, guys. We're not. We never said that Brock Purdy was trash. I, I have to continue to echo this because a lot of you guys want to act like we sit here and say that the guy sucks and the guy's trash. No, we just said that the guy's not elite. And you seen that when it came down, when the rubber needed to meet the road, there were a lot of throws that Brock Purdy missed, whether you like it or not. And he'll learn. He's young. This is the guy's second year in the league. He was a he was he was a seventh round pick, the last pick of of the. Of the NFL draft, mystery relevant. He'll learn, but all we're asking is just don't anoint the guy. And there were a lot of throws that in this game that Brock Purdy had the opportunity to make and could have put away the game. And there were, and and, and this is what we say, Carl. What separates the elite from 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 the from the middle pack? Moments. Moments. And there were moments here for Brock Purdy to take it, and he didn't. Now I'm not I'm not gonna put all the blame on Brock Purdy because there's a certain guy that has to put Brock Purdy in that position, and that's Kyle Shanahan. And I got a bone to pick with him. 
because I understand when you look at it, you may look at Christian McCaffrey's number and say, oh, well, he didn't have a dom dominating day. Uh, you know, the run wasn't working. That's why the guy's offensive player of the year, guys. You stick with him. You don't go away from, from what got you here. What if I always say it, Carl? Stick to what got you here. I mean, you don't you don't switch up your game plan in the biggest game of the year. You just don't do that. So I thought that there were that there were plenty of opportunities for the 49ers to take this game, and they didn't. And and Kyle Shanahan has to come into question here. Some of his play calling has to come into question. It does. I'm just sorry. The pat I mean, and we and what and what did I say that the one thing that worried me going into this game about my pick for the 49ers? Kyle Shanahan tends to get too cute. He tends to overthink. And that's what he did in this game because I mean we've seen it before. The the 40 the 49ers last Super Bowl against the Chiefs. When he was trying to make Jimmy Garoppolo the MVP. And you were running the ball consistently. Couldn't Kansas City couldn't stop it. And you go away from it. We seen it in New, uh in Atlanta, up twenty eight three, and you and you want to, I guess you want to set the all time record for for passing yards with Matt Ryan <laughs> because you continue to throw the ball when you're up twenty eight to three. It just doesn't make sense, Kyle Shanahan. So some things have to come into question for him. But all in all, man, I think this was a a great a great Super Bowl. Oh, and and let me not not let him slide on this. I'm sure you're gonna bring it up. Not knowing the overtime rules. I mean, I think that that's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, players coming out and saying that it wasn't discussed, they that they had no idea uh, of the overtime chain rule when this rule has been in effect for two years. I mean, I just think that that's ridiculous, and that 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 that's a that's that's a blemish, and that's 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 something that should be talked about as a coach, and that's unacceptable. But all in all, congratulations to the Chiefs. They did it. They they came in here and they got off to kind of a slow start, but. What they did, they they stuck to the plan. They they wrote it out, and they they allowed the Forty ers to somewhat shoot themselves in the foot, and they and they stood back at what, at what they're able to do. And Patrick Mahomes, you know, if you really look at it, Patrick Mahomes really didn't play good until late, late in this game. He really didn't play his best game. So the defense was able to do um, a, a a pretty good job for for the most part, but. Towards the end, when Patrick Mahomes needed to do what he did, his greatness just prevailed, and, you know, that's why he's Patrick Mahomes. And speaking of the 49ers defense, I'm going to get into this Steve Wilkes thing a little later because I don't think that mm -hmm. the firing is justified, but I'll get into that and get into that a little bit later. But, like I said, I think the defense – you hold Patrick Mahomes to 19 points in regulation. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. So, but all in all, man, I think I'm going to kick it over to you. I just think – the four, the 49ers had all the opportunities to blow this game open and 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 win the Super Bowl but ultimately it, it didn't 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 shape out that way and Kansas City Chiefs are world champions yes they are and congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs I thought this was a great game to watch I thought it was an entertaining game to watch and uh yeah you have to credit the Kansas City Chiefs um I doubted them I did you know, I sat there when we went into this season. I said, "Listen, I have, I, I listen. They have a puncher's chance because they have that guy at quarterback." But you know, we witnessed, you know, that just absolute 
whatever you want to call that was that they put on display against Oakland. I believe that was what Thanksgiving Day. And I said, listen, I give the Chiefs zero chance of repeating this world championship champions. And I was dead wrong. So you give them credit for that. They came into this game. Like you said, I don't think that they played their best game. or I don't think they played a flawless game by any stretch of the imagination. But they made the plays when they needed to make them. So give them credit for that. But with that being said, like I said, give the Chiefs all the credit in the world. With that being said, there's no way I can come away from this game thinking that the Kansas City Chiefs won this game more than the San Francisco 49ers lost it. Okay. That's 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 just my biggest takeaway. You know, I told you going into this game that I thought that the biggest the biggest difference in this game, where this game was going to be won at, was going to be in the trenches. It was going to be, you know, San Francisco's offensive line, which I felt that was probably – I think it's the now you, we know the roster is very talented, but I think there's no question that the offensive line is probably the, the, the weak link of this team. And you saw how they were able to play to start this game. You saw how the defensive line for them uh, for uh, San Francisco was able to play. They got after Mahomes. Their offensive line was able to run the uh, was able to was was able to out physical Kansas City's defensive line, and they were able to you know I thought Christian McCaffrey looked pretty good you know to start this game. I thought they should have ran him more, and I'll get into that in a little bit later, but. Yeah, all in all, the the in my opinion, the San Francisco 49ers gave this game away is because offensively they couldn't sustain and close out drives. I mean, you you talk about you know the opening drive, Chris McCaffrey goes down and fumbles. Um, uh, they go three for twelve on third down. That that that's that's just simply you know and, losing. And, and, that's yeah. losing football. Yeah, that's just simply you know in a nutshell. I mean because and and you alluded to all the all the things that happened. Looks, I, I get you can't really probably control the Christian McCaffrey fumble. You probably you can't control the the the, uh, the special teams error. Uh, you know the the uh, the block field goal. Um, there was a lot of things that happened. I mean, you, you talk about you didn't even bring up the absolutely freakish injury I've probably ever seen in, in oh, football man. With, with Dre Greenlaw. I mean, I, I've never seen nothing like that where a guy just runs off the field and turns his Achilles in the biggest game of the season. That's just something. So I, I get all that. But you take into consideration the opportunities that were there and the 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 self inflicted miscues that the and, and 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 to take into account as well as they they defense was playing. If you would have told me coming into this game that the Kansas City Chiefs on their first on their first nine drives, and I have it here, on the first nine drives for the Kansas City Chiefs, they were going to go punt, fumble, punt, punt, field goal, punt, punt, interception, field goal. If you would have told me that, I would have told you this game was going to be a route. But it, it, it just simply comes down to one team – did everything that they were supposed to do when they needed to do in the biggest moments, and the other team did not. That's simply what it comes down to. And listen, you 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 talk. You brought up Brock Purdy. Uh, I'll get into him first. Look, Brock Purdy was fine in this game to me. I don't think I don't think Brock Purdy lost in this football game. I don't think anybody would say that. And if they do say that, I would just say that that's either some just resentment going on for Brock Purdy, or they just don't don't know what they were watching. But Brock Purdy, I thought was fine. Did he outplay Patrick Mahomes? No, he did not. Was he was he great? No, he no he was not. Was he bad? No, he was not. But, yeah, we, we have to look at we, – we, we, we have to put some eyes on Kyle Shanahan here. And, you know, I'm going to comment on this because, you know, I've seen the, the reactions be kind of mixed. I've seen some people kind of, you know, 
be critical of Kyle Shanahan, which which me and you, I think, both are, and some other people come to the defense of Kyle Shanahan. Look, n- n- nobody is sitting here saying that they think Kyle Shanahan will never win a Super Bowl or he's not a good enough coach to win a Super Bowl. That's not what we that's not what we're discussing here. Kyle Shanahan is an exceptional football coach. I don't think there, there there's any there's there's no way to to, to dispute that. But the the reality is what the reality is, and the facts are what the facts are, and the facts are that in the in the Super Bowl, because that's what we're judging him on. We're not talking about nothing else. We're talking about his performances and what he has done in the Super Bowl. And the fact of the matter is that some of his decision making, and some of his his, his game strategy, and some of his decision making has put his team in bad position to win games. I mean, and that that's all that we're talking about here, guys. You can't ignore it. I mean, the the. The decision to, to, to take the ball first in overtime is a gaffe. It's a mistake. Can't happen. Can't happen. I mean, because there, there's, no, there's, there's no advantage into that. With the new rule, there's no advantage for you to take the ball first because that guy on the other side, he's going to get the ball regardless. You cannot – I mean, and you talked about – I mean, it makes it even worse that the players are coming out and saying that they didn't even know the rule. So maybe that they thought that they could win the game on that drive. But – there's no advantage in taking the ball first in that situation, knowing that you can't win the game there. You, no matter what you do in the drive, you can't win the game there because that 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 that, that, that freak of nature on the other side, he's going to get the ball and he's going to know exactly what he needs to do to beat you. That's just that's that's just an error on, on the path of Kyle Shanahan. And another thing is, and we were watching this game together. I told you this when this happened: the final drive of regulation, the final drive. For the San Francisco 49ers before Mahomes went down the field and, and got the field goal to tie the game. That decision on third and four there to throw the ball and stop the clock and give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes there, I thought, I, I thought was 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 egregious as any. Because your main objective shit right there should be to run as much time as you need. And if you're going to run Jake Moody out there for a field goal, it should be on the last play of the game or close to the last play of the game. So the decision to throw the ball right there and stop the clock and take the chance of sending – now, give Jake Moody credit. He made it. But I told you, there's no way I'm sending him out there for – I'm going for this. Right. And, like, there's no way I'm sending him out there, putting himself in a position to miss it, and have Mahomes have to go 15 yards and, and give him an opportunity to beat me opposed to get time in the field goal. I'm of the mindset I got two downs to get four yards. Yes. So, so do I trust my offense to go get four yards, or do I trust my kicker who's been, you know – been kicking in with a brick on his foot for the past you – know, and like I said, give Moody credit. He made it. But that's another one of those decisions right there where you're not putting your team in the best position. You're not making decisions that's, that's putting your team in the best position to win. You're making it difficult on them opposed to making it easy on them. Correct. So Kyle Shanahan has to be looked at in this situation. Uh, you know, like I said, I don't, I'm not one to sit up here and, and question the man. Well, he, like, you, like, you know, you can sit here and say, you know, yeah, it was just, you know, it, it was, look at the things that happened. He, some of the things were out of his control. I get all that. I get on it, but the things that were in his control, he came up short once again. And yeah, I, I get it. I, I get it. You know, there's I, I get Kansas City has an elite defense, and and I get that. You know, at some point he he may not run up against Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I, I get all that, but the facts and the facts right now is is what it is i mean you know we, we've criticized great players before they've won big ones yeah absolutely you know so Kyle Shanahan we've can't. criticized we we do we really i mean we always 
Andy Reid was always a respected coach. Exactly. But until he won. Until he won, what we say, Andy Reid can't, can't win the big one. Yes. So, like, can't Kyle so Shanahan. The criticism like, is yeah, so all everybody's saying, man, Kyle Shanahan, you know, he's a great coach. You know, just, you know, he, he's went up against Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. But, yeah, that's fact. But it's it not just coming down to winning and losing. Tell the whole story. Give the context of what happened in those games. You up 10 to 28 in the fourth quarter, you lose. You up 10 going into the fourth quarter, you lose. You up 10 in this game, you lose. I mean, that's simply as much I can say about it. But credit to the Kansas City Chiefs. They did what I didn't think they could do. They sit here today as world champions. Uh, obviously disappoint for San Francisco for now yet again. But, you know, I think the main story here is uh, that we all should be realizing is is, is that is that this is an unquestioned dynasty and Patrick Mahomes' greatness is unquestioned. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of want to get into kind of what I alluded to, you know, the firing of Steve Wilkes that, that – was reported, you know, a couple of days ago. I feel like Steve Wilkes has been absolutely scapegoated here, and there had to be a fall guy, and I think Steve Wilkes is the one. Because when I really look at it, man, you held Patrick Mahomes to yeah, 19 points Yeah, there, there, there's no doubt about it. No justification for that. And I understand because there were some questionable play calls uh, from Steve Wilkes. You know, there was a third and 14 where, you know, he's playing these guys back, and, you know, you kind of give – you give Patrick Mahomes and those wide receivers a, a, a head start at the, at, the, at the line of scrimmage. So I, I can understand some of those questions, but when you really look at it and take it in its totality, Steve Wilkes had nothing to do with the block with the block field goal. He had nothing to do with the muff punt, or I mean the punt um, going off the guy's foot. I mean, he, he it wasn't his fault that Drake Greenlaw got injured. And man, when you really look at it, this Niners defense was doing a great job in the first half. It wasn't into, they were doing job. such a great job on Travis Kelsey until Dre Greenlaw got hurt, and then the kid comes in to substitute, and Travis Kelsey just starts cooking. So I mean, that stuff you can't blame on, on Steve Wilkes. And I think last year under D'Amico Ryan's, they averaged the defense allowed nineteen points per game. This year they averaged seventeen and a half. Seventeen and a half. Wilkes. Eighteen. So. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, that's that's a lesser point. So technically, they got better under Steve Wilkes. So I mean, I just think I just think it's a scapegoat, yeah. and I think Kyle Shanahan he has to wear a lot of this. And I just think that that's I just want Steve Wilkes to get a fresh shot, man. Man, you I just feel think so I just th- I just think I mean, it's a fresh yeah. shot. You give him one year in Arizona, and then he he takes over for uh, Matt Rule in Carolina and does a pretty good job, and, and doesn't really get and doesn't get a chance to retain that job, and then you come over here. Um, as a defensive coordinator for for the 49ers, and you just scapegoated right out of it. And when I look at it, I think it's very unfair because if I look at the past, you want to say, oh, well, they lost. They lost. Well, you look at the past two uh, defensive coordinators. They lost. And got they lost. Robert, Robert Sala, they lost. D'Amico Ryans, they lost. They got coaching jobs. So, I mean, I just think it's unfair. And I just think he's being absolutely scapegoated. I just think that's ridiculous. But I just I just wanted to get a first shot because, and he he probably, I mean I don't even know if there's anything open right now because there are no defensive coordinator jobs open. He may have to take a defensive assistant job. That, that's the I, that's the biggest problem yeah, I have with it. So that, that's the biggest problem that I have with it. That Kyle Shanahan looked to do this now, knowing knowing what this man has been through, and. And, and and again, it's like you said, it's not it's not it's not a warranted. It's not a now. If Kyle Shanahan just wants to simply say that, you know, there was some, there's been some reports that Steve Wilkes didn't really resonate with 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 the guys in that locker room. That there was there was a distinction between him and some of the players. If that's the case, yeah, okay, say that, yeah, right. 
if that's the case, then it, yeah, it's a company upon you as the head coach and the, and, the, and and you know and the runner of the team to you know say okay, Steve, this is nothing against you personally. I think you're a great coach, but stability in the locker room is is we value that very importantly here. If that's the case, I think you should have got him out of here mid season then. Well, I mean, you know, that, we've, that, seen, we've seen coordinators. We seen Matt Canada. We seen uh Joe was it Joe Brady? No, not Joe Brady. Uh, the guy from uh, Buffalo. Who is he? Can't remember his name. That got fired this year. Oh, uh, Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey, right? Got fired. So I mean, I just think if that's the case, because if you remember early on in the year when the Forty ers went on that three game skid, they called Steve Wilkes from upstairs, told him yeah. to call defense on the field. So I mean, I think if there was a problem, I think you should have got him out of here earlier then. That's just right. Me. I mean, and to the point that you saying Steve Wilkes can't res- did wasn't really doing a good job resonating with the players in that locker room. Maybe they were used to. A- Maybe 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 D'Amico Ryan's and Robert Sala is a different style than Steve Wilkes. Maybe that is what it is, and those players are more used to that. But you remember, San Francisco 49ers defense go, leading up to the Super Bowl was, wasn't playing very well, and Steve and Steve Wilkes called them out, and they answered the bell in the Super Bowl. So I mean, he deserve I mean he deserves credit for that, but I, I don't think that's the reason why Kyle Shanahan really made ultimately made the decision. I think it was more so to, like you said, kind of scapegoat and kind of you know deflect the attention somewhere else because like you said man if you would have told me that they were going to hail Patrick Mahomes to 19 points on the first nine drives the Chiefs would have you would have going to turn Patrick Mahomes in this offense over twice and hail them to six points I would have said man that offense is I mean w- w- with Kyle Shanahan and his brilliant offense mind on the side that's this is a route but that, that that just was good. Yeah, yeah I, like I, you I, said, credit to the Chiefs too, man. Uh, shout out to Spags, man. He did a, a amazing job of dialing this up, man. And that the Chiefs defense, man, they're for real. They're, they're young. Elite. I mean, you look at Legarius Sneed, Trent McDuffie. You still got Chris Jones. You got a uh, Carloftis. I mean, man, these guys are flying around, man. And that Chiefs defense, they definitely deserve a lot of yeah, credit. Yeah, they for, deserve for that a lot win. of credit. But in this game, no, they they they've, they've been elite. they've been the lead all year, but. They, in this game, I look at the amount of opportunities that were missed, and I don't—I I just can't give them the excuse that oh yeah they didn't perform because the Chiefs defense is elite. No, I don't. I feel that San Francisco offense didn't 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 they didn't do enough. There was more to be had, and they left a lot of meat on the ball. Okay, I'm not mad at that. But yeah, man, all in all, shout out to the Chiefs, man. Third third championship in uh, six years. So yeah, I just want to—I just, just want to ask you real quick now. Last year after a Super Bowl. Uh, after last year's Super Bowl, we came on here, we did a podcast, and uh, we we, uh, we we had a Patrick Mahomes discussion. It got pretty, you know, it got pretty heated. So I'm not going, I'm not going to try and recreate that today. I'm just going to ask you, uh, you know, simply here, uh, where does Patrick Mahomes rank to you now? All time? Yeah. <laughs> I think he's a top five quarterback all time already. Absolutely. I don't think I don't think that that's I don't think you can dispute that. Undisputable. I think he's a top five quarterback. I got him in two. Do you? Yeah. I mean, I'm not mad at that. I mean, I just simply can even though look, you you, you keep on wanting to have discussion. Yes, it's six years. I understand that we have to look, listen, anything can happen after that. But I just look at what this guy has done in that frame in that time frame. And I and I just simply come to the conclusion that this guy in that time frame, I get it in six years, he has played this game at a higher level than any player has ever played it. 
That that's just simply what I that, that that's just simply the conclusion that I come to. Now you can either agree with that or you cannot. But there is, I mean, I don't really think that's disputable. If you if you look at what he's done from when he first stepped on the field up until now, I don't really think that's a discussion that he has performed at a higher level than any player has ever played in this game. That, but I mean, if you if you want to say it's too early to make that distinction, I would just sit there and tell you that you know I can only go off by what he done now. Now that still doesn't mean that I think that he's going to ultimately become the golden surpass Brady. I'm just sitting here saying that Patrick Mahomes is unlike anything that I've ever seen at the quarterback position, and that's that's the only thing I'm willing to say right now. I agree. I mean, I, he's def- he's definitely like I said. I think he's a top five quarterback all time right now. Wherever you want to rank him, but yeah, man, I just think he he's not done. But I just want to say like now, like because. <sighs> I just I hate doing this because it's it's conjecture, it's innuendo, it's 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 a it's an inference. I I just don't like to do that because we don't know what can happen in the future, man. We don't, but Patrick Mahomes can fall off a cliff. Like he, he could, but I don't. But, think, but we're not talking about that right I, now. No, I'm I'm just saying, I'm just saying because when you talk about all time, you have to take it in totality because I can't just say because here, here's what here's what separates him. Here's what separates the greats. Here, here's what I take into account. I got to take in context, number one. I got to take in your prime. I got to take in your longevity. Because there's guys who, who had, who had a, few good, a few good years, but the longevity wasn't there. I think longevity plays a huge factor in when you're talking about all time. Because what I've, what I've always said, it takes a lot. Like I said, a guy can have a, a, a good year, good two years, good three years. But when you're able to sustain a level of greatness yeah, for I, a long period of time. That 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 yeah, that, that goes shit, a long way. Yeah, that goes a that long goes way. A long way. So but, that's what I would say because I think time played this game at at a, at, a, at a high high level for 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 a long time. Aaron Rodgers has been able to sustain a, a level of greatness for a long time. Guys like Peyton Manning was able to sustain greatness. Like so, those are guys. Drew Brees, like. To name a few, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you know, he's he's off to to the greatest start that we've ever seen from a quarterback in this six year stretch. So if he's able to continue doing that, man, the sky the sky's the limit to him, for him. But yeah, as of right now, I, I would say he he's a he's a top five quarterback undoubtedly. Yeah, I, I agree with the, I, I I get the longevity point. You 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 want to see because I I highly value sustained greatness. But but at the same time, even if he doesn't you know stay sustain this level of play the way he's at now, we can't go back and say. Oh yeah, well he didn't sustain it, so we can kind of like kind of diminish what he did up until that point. No, he still is a two-time MVP. He still is a three-time Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, you got to take that into account. That, yeah. that that right there puts him in a class in in in, in, a, in a class right there alone. But I don't care. I I, I don't care what happens after this. Those the, that that alone puts you. Yeah, in a you can't class. take it away from. Him. You so, can't take it away from. Him. Yeah, we you know like I said, I, I'm 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 not a, I'm not a Patrick Mahomes fan or nothing like that. I don't. But I'm not going to ignore what I've seen from the guy. I mean, I I think you know this is like I, I the best way I can describe it is this, and you can take it whether you want. I'll say it again. Although it's six years, during the six years he's been there, he has played this game at a higher level than any player I have ever seen. That that's as simple. I, that's all I'll say, and that's as simple as I'll say. That's all I can. So say. you saying consec like consecutively, like through his six years, like consecutively? He's no, playing. I'm saying if like just say if his if his career was to end right now, God forbid. His career it, it, through his six year career, 
he will have played the game of football at a higher level than any player has ever played it. Now, I don't I, know if I, I agree I, with I get, that. I get that some of those guys played 20 years and, you know, but during those six years, he has played this game at a higher level than any players. Ever. I mean, look, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is, is number one. Uh, dang, I had the stat before, but in terms of quarterbacks, in terms of quarterbacks uh, through NFL history, Patrick Holmes is number one in winning percentage, number one in passer rate, number one in QBR, number one in yards per game, number one in TDs per game, number one in TDs per season, number one, number one, number one in victories in the playoff. Like, it, like, like he's shattering the mold of what he's doing. He's playing this game at a level that no one has ever come close to playing it in, 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 in like in that time frame. Is it sustainable? I don't know. But all I can say is that through those six years, I don't know. He man. has played. He has played this game at a higher level than any player I've ever seen play. Ever seen? Oh man, I I don't know if I agree with that. Who? So so Tom played at a really high level for a long time, Carl. A really high level. He did. So 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 home. So so let me get see. And I don't I don't, don't want to do this again. So so Tom Brady. You take his you take his twenty years. What what he played twenty four years? Are you saying his twenty four years he was he was as good and as productive as, Tom, as Patrick Mahomes has been in his six years? But see, that's what. So that's why. That's I'm trying, because that's I, all no, I'm, that's I'm, all I'm, I'm trying saying. to understand that, what you're that's saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all. Because you're saying from a six-year stretch. Tom Brady I'm, try, was I'm a, trying to understand what you're saying. Because you're saying from a six-year stretch. So, are you just saying? Are you just taking his six you, years? Yes, I'm saying if you take Patrick Mahomes' career from start to finish, even though it's six years, and you take Tom Brady, I don't think I don't think we're to, able to do that right now because it's 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 too short of a time. It's too short of a time. I don't think we're able to do that. Why not? We're basing off what we're seeing now. I'm saying up to this point, he has played this game, and I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I'm because not, longevity I'm, has to come into no, it, no, it does not because I I'm just because does. I'm just talking about the six years that he's played. But that's longevity not, doesn't nah, play a part in that. Nah, I can't. I'm not. I'm. I can't do that. Then you don't understand what I'm saying. Then uh, maybe, maybe I maybe, don't. Yeah, I guess you don't. Because I just think I just think it's unfair just to take a six year stretch. Compared to these guys who played 15, 20 years. I get that. That's why I said. That's why I say, even though it's only six years, through those six years that he's played, if his career was able to end now, he would have played this game at a higher level than any player has ever played it during his career, opposed to somebody else's career. Because remember, Tom Brady was essentially a game manager his first three Super Bowls. See, that's why it's unfair to be to to that it's not comparable. Because you're comparing a six-year career to a 15-year... I'm not comparing it to anybody. No, but I'm saying, you're, you're just saying it's the greatest stretch that you've ever seen, but I can't compare a six-year career into a 20-year career or, or a 15-year career where anything could have happened, where you could have had a shoulder injury here, you well, could have had see, a knee the, injury no, here, see, but that, you could have you, you, you got a 4-10 and 10 season here. But like, see, I, just, no, I can't... No, no. The, I just think see, I can't do see, that. But see, no, that, that, play, that, play is, that play is afflicting to the GOAT debate. That, that that has no that has no uh, uh, look. People say people say all the time that Barry Sanders was the best running back that ever played this game. Barry Sanders played eight years. So is it unfair to say that opposed to somebody like Walter Payton and Emmitt Smith, who was all time leading Russia and played seventeen years uh, in the league? People say that Randy Moss is the most dangerous uh, wide receiver to ever play. Dangerous is is a different. That's different than. And so is it fair to say that against Jerry? Like, like that's all I'm saying, man. I'm not, I'm not giving him the nod over anyone. I'm just saying he has played, he he has played the level of quarterback higher than anybody has ever played it through his six years of playing. I understand you can't, you can't sit there and say, well, he only played six years. I get that, I get that. But I'm saying Tom Brady's career when he first started, he was not, he was not as good as Patrick Mahomes. That's that, that's that's all I'm saying. I don't think, I don't think that. I don't, am I lying with that? 
Patrick Mahomes' first year as a starting quarterback, Tom Brady wasn't even in the same ballpark. That that's all I'm saying. Who who I don't think anybody would dispute that. That's those are just facts. Do that mean he's better than Tom Brady? No. Does that mean he's the goat? No. We don't have to we don't have to speculate or, or, or wait or use the wait and see approach. We're just talking about what we're seeing now. I, I just I, I can't do it. It's resentment. That's all it is. No, it's not. No, you, you, like you, I said, I just I just you, you, how is it resentment? Yeah, I just acknowledge that the guy's a top five quarterback. Be, no, because, of all time. because because it, because it, if you can't understand that, no, because I, I just think it's not comparable. I think it's an unfair comparison. That's just all. That's all I'm saying. All right, I do. I just I just don't think that that's a fair comparison. So I'm, I really wasn't comparing it to anybody. I just said that his level of play is higher than any any. That's like, a comparison. You no, I'm anybody saying through, I'm, I'm not paying, I'm not paying it through. The, I'm comparing it through the longevity of somebody else's career. I'm just saying through his six years of playing. I mean, so 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 if you if you played a sport for twenty years, and 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 I only played a sport for five years, but I was I was for sure a better player than you. It, it, it's it, it's unfair for somebody to say that I was a better play that I was a better player than you all because you played fifteen more years than me. If I was clearly if I was clearly a better performer than you were, I'm just saying there's a lot that you have to take into account. All right, man. Versus a six year career. Versus, well, I mean, to, to me, this conversation is silly because Patrick Mahomes' career isn't over. So. Like I mean, which is why I'm not talking about anything that's gonna happen in the future, or, 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 or I'm not, I'm not, I'm not projecting or doing any of that. Which is why I'm only talking about the six years that he's played. I get that it's not over. So what? So what's your point in saying this? Okay, good. He's had he's had a great six year career. Okay, that's man, for look, let's move on. So uh, good for him. So um, this this next this this next this next topic is something that we've we've uh, that you've probably seen. On some other podcasts, some other radio, uh, some other radio shows, the talk shows around. So I felt that you know, since we were talking about Brock Purdy, it was a for, uh, and his performance, and you know, the mixed position and opinion that some may have on him. I thought it would be fun if we did a "Would You Rather" with Brock Purdy. Okay, let's go. So I'm gonna reel off a couple of names here, and you just tell me would you rather have this individual or Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy. All right, let's go. First name on the list, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Taking Jared Goff? Yes. I, I probably would have to lean Brock Purdy in this regard because I really don't see where, oh, where wow. Jared I know I really don't see where you Jared Goff. You realize Jared Goff threw for 5,000 yards, right, this year? Well, okay. Put Jared Goff in, in nah, the 49ers nah, 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 office. See, I don't, no, I'm just, I, I don't, I'm just I don't, asking. I don't know if we can do that We now. can. We can. We can. Put Brock Purdy in that Lions offense. You think he would have – the success that he had with the 49ers, I don't think so. But uh, the Lions got the got Lions a pretty, have a good offense, a but they offense. they do, but they don't have the weapons that 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 they don't have a C Mac, they don't have a George Kittle. So do you, or so do you think they don't that, have a Brandon Ayuk? So you so you think that if Jared Goff was in San Francisco, he would outperform Brock Purdy? I do. Uh, I, I, in this offense. Uh, Jared Goff just threw for five thousand yards, but I mean, keep going, keep going though. But see, that, but I, I like for me, I would I would take Jared Goff. I don't know this because this is a guy who, who who who's also been to the Super Bowl. That's that, that's my point. I don't think I don't think it, it's not a clearing in my opinion. I, yeah, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't I, say he I, clears. I don't, I don't fault you for taking Jared Goff, but I think it, I think it's pretty close. Okay, next on the list, Jordan Love. <sighs> this is tough. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna say. <laughs> Man, this is tough. This is a tough one. 
give me Jordan Love because what I seen from him this year, he showed me some yeah, good things. I'm gonna take Jordan Love too, but it's very slight. It's yeah. not he doesn't clear. Yeah, he doesn't clear right now. But I'm taking Jordan Love based he showed off, me flashes ba- based of off everything that I'm gonna pronounce going forward on Jordan Love. He showed me some this year to where I think that Jordan Love has an ability to be a, a, a consistent top five guy in this league. So I'm gonna take Jordan Love. Next name, Dak Prescott. <laughs> Give me Brock. No, nah, just playing. No, nah, uh, I'm taking Brock Purdy. You know, man. I'm taking Brock Purdy. I'm sorry, man. I can't like what what what's the argument that I can make for Dak? Brock Purdy has won more playoff games in two years than Dak Prescott has won in eight. So I can't like what and, and it's performed better. So what argument can I make for Dak Prescott? Oh, Dak, he he was an MVP candidate this year. So was Brock Purdy. Yeah. I'm sorry, I I, I got to lean Brock Purdy here. Dak has like no, Dak has not moved the needle for me. I'm sorry, he doesn't clear. He, he no, no, he he doesn't clear Brock Purdy. Who would I rather have, Brock Purdy or Dak Prescott? I'm afraid that I, I'm I'm surprised. I gotta admit, I'm surprised that you're taking time with this one. You know, there's there's nothing for Dak to stand on here. I'm sorry, man. I'm gonna take Dak. I would rather have Dak than Brock Purdy. That's just me. Okay. Here's an interesting one. Kyler Murray. Brock Purdy. I'd rather have Brock Purdy. Kyler Murray, he hasn't I mean he he's been okay in the league. You know, he's he's made made a Pro Bowl. But, you know, he's very, very small, very miniature, and you know, his health his health really is a concern for me. So not yeah. not to say that Kyler isn't talented, but I just, you know, he hasn't really played I haven't really seen much of him. So I'm I will I will take Brock Purdy. Yeah, I, I'm gonna take. You brought up the injury history and the 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 the, uh, the durability concerns going forward with Kyler Murray. That's the only reason I would leave Brock Purdy. But as a, from a talent standpoint, I, I think that Brock, uh, Kyler Murray clearly exceeds Brock Purdy. Now I could we could revisit that next year. Yeah, if next Kyler year, comes I think, out I think next year we, I think next year we have a like. Yeah, actually, you know, I'm gonna put that one on standby. I'm, I'm gonna say it's a push right now because I, I can see Kyler Murray. Man, the Arizona Cardinals just ain't got a good team next year. They don't. They so really, I mean, I, I don't. Really, I don't really see a case where he could really excel at Brock Purdy because I don't think he's going to have the success to. But from a talent standpoint, I think that Brock Purdy is, does excel. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Kyler Murray does excel at Brock Purdy. This one, this one, this one should be a quick move on. CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud. Stroud. Stop. Yeah. Like, come on. What are we doing here? Right. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. That was kind of quick. Yeah, but I just think for me, Jalen Hurts, he's. He's what I would say is a game changer because I believe he he was able to improve. Now, I know this year it they started off good and you know they kind of faltered, but Jalen Hurts to me is a guy. When when I play the Eagles, Jalen Hurts scares scares me mm-hmm. because he has the ability, man, like to he, he he's a dual third quarterback. He can run. He he's he's improved his accuracy upon entering this league and. You know they went out and got him some good weapons. So yeah, I th- I think Jalen Hurts for me is I would I would take over Brock Purdy. This next upcoming season is going to be a big one for Jalen Hurts. You know we really get I mean you know we we can't dismiss what he did a year ago having that MVP season and taking the teams to the Super Bowl and perform- and he played and, and, and he perform- played very well in the Super Bowl being being awesome uh, in the Super Bowl. 
you can kind of say he regressed this year, but I, I don't think me when I watched him closer, I don't think he was one hundred percent healthy. He wasn't healthy this and year, and the it, it it wasn't just him. He had so much stuff deteriorating around him. I mean, that defense just fell through the floor, and you know they they wasn't able to run the ball as effectively as they were a year ago. So yeah, I'm going to give Jalen Hurts um, the edge here, but next year is is, is going to be a big bounce back year. It has to be for Jalen Hurts. Okay. Couple more here, Kirk Cousins. I was waiting on his Kirk Cousins easily, 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 bro. You know how I feel about Kirk, bro. I, and I never understood it, bro. Expl- Kirk, explain, explain this to me why you would take. Brock, I mean, Kirk Cousins over Brock Purdy. He, bro, he's efficient, man. Efficient to do what? Lo- uh, lo- lose on Monday Night Football. <laughs> I think he won his last Monday Night Football game. Yeah, I did actually. against Brock Purdy. Actually, <laughs> right. So, thank you, bro. I just broke Kirk Cousins. He gets it done for me, bro. I'm telling you, he get, he gets it done for you. Kirk Cousins is that dude, bro. I'm telling you, that is y'all be sleeping wow. on, bro. That, that, I mean, is, the guy that is nuts to me, bro. Did you see how well they were playing before before he had that Achilles I injury? I did, and I've seen them. Play. Did, did you see them a year ago when they started off eight and one? How well he was playing, and what happened? They collapsed. We know where the ship is going in with with Kirk Cousins until he until he rewrites the story and do something different. I have no reason to think otherwise. Brock Purdy, right here. Oh wow! Stop playing with this man, I'm man. man get Kirk get out of I can't believe you did that. That is, bro. That is crazy. I will take him for Kirk over him, bro. Yeah, well, yeah. Good luck at the firm reunion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got the last one here. I think I think we both gonna be on the same page here. Baker Mayfield. Hey man, Baker played well this he year. He did. But right now I'm gonna take Brock Purdy. Yeah, I would take Brock Purdy. Right I gotta now. see. I gotta see Baker Mayfield do. Yeah, it I gotta on. see him do it again. Because I mean, if you look at that one year with the Browns when they played well, they made the playoffs, ended up beating the Steelers. Baker played well, and you know Baker. Baker he's had some injuries too. You know he had the shoulder injury, but one thing about Baker I will say. He has not lived up to being a number one pick. No, no, I can, that, I can that's say a, that. That's an apparent fact. I, don't I can think, say that. Yeah, nobody so, should be able to say that. But he played well. He played well this year. But I'm gonna table this for now because if he play, because I think he's played his, his way into, you know, earning another year with, with this team, especially if they're able yeah. to bring back Mike Evans. Yeah, I think. I think. Should, yeah. I think there's no question you have to bring him back if you're Tampa Bay. I got to see Baker do it another year. I mean, I know he played. He played, you know, very well this year. But you take into account that division. I mean, are we really going to take – I mean, you know, are we really going to throw him a parade for being able to win that division and, and considering some of the quarterback play when you think – Yeah, that was a bad division, yeah. Bryce Young and Derek Carr, who's, uh, you know, uh, making what you want. But I'm going to lean Brock Purdy for now because I got I to gotta see it sustain for Baker Mayfield. So, that's it for what you rather. All right. I like that, man. Let's let's move on to some hoops real quick. Your Lakers, man. Yeah, man. They've been playing some good basketball yeah. lately. Winning, winning, you know, six of the last seven, getting the last, uh, getting the win, uh, heading into the All Star break. This is the way you want to go in there. You got some time to rest, and you know you recently acquired uh, Spencer Dinwiddie through a buyout. You know, good addition, can provide some offense, can get hot. So, what do you see seeing this winning streak with your Lakers? How how are you feeling now? Because we talked about this earlier. I I I, I thought it was I, I was on panic mode for these guys. You were because they weren't looking good. But now they've been able to string together some wins, and now that they're looking a lot better. D'Lo has been playing absolutely great. Um, 
So where where are you at with this team, man? I, I'm 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 feeling pretty good right now. I, I'm feeling as good as I felt all year. Obviously, uh, you know, you you just talked about um, you know how you said you were in panic mode, and I say I can't really blame you for feeling that way, but I'm still gonna hold out hope because based on what this team was able to do last year after the All Star break, um, and the fact that you know, uh. They were able to go to Denver. I mean, uh, go to the Western Conference Finals against Denver and ultimately lost to a better team, in my opinion. But yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about what I've been seeing right now. And I, I was always optimistic that they can turn it around because I told you the biggest thing, the biggest thing for them was going to be the performance and availability of their two superstars. And up to this point, LeBron and AD have been available primarily and highly productive. And that's what was so disappointing about you know what we had seen up to this point is that. You know, you, you're getting that finally from your two superstars. They're there, and they're showing up night in and night out, particularly Anthony Davis. And you're still a 500 basketball team, so what's that about? What the difference is now, you're seeing the you're seeing the assertion from the guys around him. You alluded to D'Lo. D'Lo has been absolutely otherworldly ever since. I guess D'Lo, D'Lo seems to me like he's one of them guys where you just got to light his fire because yeah. it seems like once he started hearing that, you know, his name in trade, Demands and all this other stuff. He, he just started went, hooping. He just went to another dimension. Austin Reeves has started, you know, playing to to the contract and the player that we thought he could be uh, at the beginning of this season. Uh, Rui went absolutely insane the other night, and you alluded to them bringing in Spencer Dinwiddie. I would love to see the defensive improve, and I think that it will improve when you consider the fact that you know you're missing some key defensive pieces like Jared Vanderbilt. You expect to get in there at some point. Also, Cambridge. So. And with Anthony Davis being the anchor spearhead in that defense, in my opinion, he's the undoubtable defense player up to this point. There's signs to be optimistic that the defense will improve. But you talking about lately, I mean, I mean, the defense has really been afterthought now because they have been on absolute, you know, heater offensively. I mean, you talk about you said they've won six of their last seven games. I think during that stretch, I've seen a, a stat where during those seven games that that's been the best consecutive streak offensively since like a ten, since like almost 40 years what they've been able to do offensively. So, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about where they are right now. I'm feeling pretty good about where they are. Once they start kind of getting some guys back healthy, um, who knows if they'll get Gabe, Gabe Vincent back at some point. But, you know, you asked Spencer Dinwiddie. I, I love their depth. It's still some questions about, you know, is Darvin Ham going to push all the right buttons, you know, when he needs to push him and, and you know, in situational game coaching management. But I, I I can honestly say, like I like I've and I've said this to you before, there's only one team in the Western Conference that I if they played in a in a seven game series that I my confidence would kind of wane that they couldn't beat them. And that's Denver. I'm I'm picking I'm picking them in the series over Minnesota. I'm picking them in the series over the Clippers. I'm picking them in the series over over Dallas, over Phoenix. I, yeah, I'm giving the Lakers the edge. So yeah, I'm feeling pretty good right now. Yeah, I, I would echo most of your sentiments here. That uh, you know the Lakers have looked looked very good over the last over this last stretch. Like you alluded to, the role players are are are, are coming on kind of how you want. It. And I think that was a story um, in the Western Conference Finals last year when they played against Denver. Yeah, Denver's role players just outplayed. Just outplayed. Yeah, because if you look at, I mean, Yo. Jokic was absolutely on another level yeah, in that absolutely. series. But if you look at the play of so Anthony Murray. Davis and um LeBron James, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't bad. Pretty pretty good. But it was just the role players. Because I mean you got guys like Jamal Merrick. You got guys like Michael Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, uh K 
KCP, Bruce Brown, those guys contributed heavily to that to that championship run, especially in that Western Conference Finals. And you had guys on the Lakers like Austin Reeves and guys who really didn't have a good series, not necessarily, but they weren't able to match what the role players of the of the Denver Nuggets were able to do. So. If you get these role players playing like they're playing now, like you just mentioned, a Rui Hachimura scoring uh, 38 the other day, Austin Reeves, a D-Lo, who I think is a is a huge X factor for these Lakers. If, if if look, if the Lakers, we know we we know what LeBron's gonna do. We believe we know what AD is gonna do. If if they could just get a guy to come along with them, whoever the third guy is gonna be, whether it be D-Lo. Austin Reeves, Hachimura, whoever it's going to be, they need a third guy to come along with them. You need you need a third guy to come along with you. So in the playoffs, man, that, that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to have a consistent good play of role players. That's that's what's going to have to happen. And like you said, when I really look at it, man, yeah, Denver will probably be the be their biggest biggest fear right now because if I look at a there are things that I that I would take into account if I if if who depending on who they would match up against like a OKC or or Timberwolves. I just think there the Lakers would have the advantage in experience number one. Exactly, and I think that they would probably they would have the two best players on the floor as well. Exactly. So, in, in, in any series, I think that yeah. So you got to take that into account. They would have the two best players in any series that they would go up against in the West Coast. Uh, maybe not Phoenix. Eh. Nah, KD. I think KD is KD. No, no. Yeah, you think KD over AD? I do. In impact, and he's on the floor. If Anthony Davis plays the plays to his capabilities, the impact that he can have on both sides of the floor, you think KD usurps that? I don't. But is AD going to do that though? That, hey, I, 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 I'm. <laughs> that's I'm not, a different I, question. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's a, that's a totally another different discussion. <laughs> But, yeah, when I look at these teams, man, I just think a lot of these teams in the West Side, now the Clippers have been playing really well as of late. You know, James Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, those guys have been playing really well of late. And, uh, yeah, man, the West is really a dogfight, and you're going to have to bring it every night. And, you know, I I, I talked about it that, uh, you know, you talked about that uh, the Lakers – they were a team that's built for the postseason, not really, really the regular season. I was saying, well, you're gonna have to win some of these games because I look. I think the Lakers need to get to the sixth seed because I think them resting and not being, not playing in the play, and I think that that would help them a lot. Because, like I said, this is a team that's kind of, kind of well, older. They're not, they're not very young. You know, you got two, two obviously aging superstars. So you wanna. You want to have you want you want to be rested going into yeah. the playoffs. I mean, you, and I think that also played a part in that Denver series. Yeah, absolutely. Series. You definitely Tyler, you can't dis- you, Yeah, you can't dismiss that point. I mean, because you look at LeBron at the end of that day, uh, and I know he I know he put up forty in the final game He's game four. But yeah, and and those games were tight in the fourth quarter, and LeBron just simply didn't have it in the tank to go ahead and close those games out. And Jamal Murray and Jokic did. So, but the what I would say is, you know, the Lakers. When you look at the Western Conference right now, I would say. Uh-huh. It's not really necessary about like you know getting the higher seed. It's all about where you're going to position yourself and who you're going to draw in that first in that first round matchup. Mm-hmm. Because like I, like I said, if you draw if you draw Denver first round, then obviously you don't want to. That's you, you, mm-hmm. not to say that you wouldn't win or you wouldn't have a chance to win, but obviously you would want to you know avoid them as long as possible. Yeah. So 
I mean, I think that's what it's going to come down to them positioning. What, what, what's the what's the gauntlet going to have to be for them to ultimately come out of the Western Conference Finals? But man, I, I I like their chances against any team. Denver, I wouldn't be as confident as I was. Maybe against some other teams, but like you said, they would have the two best players in any series that they would play against uh, against any team, in my opinion. And you talked about them getting the third guy to come along. What they've done now with the, what they how they shaped up this roster is. You giving yourself options to where that 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 third option can come from anywhere. It could be D'Lo, it could be Austin Reeves, it could be Rui, Spencer Dinwiddie. I, I remember him dropping 30, 30, 33 in a, in a in a game seven closeout game against Phoenix a couple years ago. Is it is it you know is it far fetched to say he can have a performance like that in the playoffs? So you're giving yourself options, you're giving yourself depth. You got some guys coming back. There's definitely room for optimism right now with the Lakers. Yeah, definitely got to be feeling good. Also going into all-Star break winning the last, six of your last seven. So, remains to be seen what the Lakers will do. But, all right, go ahead, Carl, because you got Shake It or Take It, man. Yeah, so man, we back with it. We finna take it. We finna take something and shake it up. So, this is simple. Y'all, y'all follow it. Y'all know how this works. Ask you a question. You, you like it. You agree with it. You take it. You don't. You shake it. So, obviously, we've talked about the Kansas City Chiefs a lot um, today. Um. Vegas uh, immediately dropped the, fa- the betting odds for the favors next year, which had the 49ers at number one. I, that kind of was shocking to me. But the Chiefs are right behind them to repeat, uh, to three-peat as world champions. So, since they're saying that San Francisco is the, is the favorite to win it all, I'm going to ask you, is, take it or shake it, are the Chiefs the clear cut or the clear favorites to come out of the AFC next year? Take it that they should be the clear favorites. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know if they, they will. Cause Do it, you it, think they are? Take take it or shake it, are they? I'm going to take it. Okay, yeah, so am I. I think at this point now, I, I've reached the point now where I, 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 I have to see somebody dethrone Patrick Mahomes yeah. before I'm willing to – well, I, I have to wait till it gets to that point before I'm going to say that but somebody's going to do that. I will say this, man. It's, it's hard to three-peat because obviously you see that nobody's ever done it. Nobody's ever. Well, there's so much that plays a part into it. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, when I like I said, man, I never bet against Patrick Mahomes. But when I just look at the AFC, man, and these quarterbacks, obviously, you know, Joe Burrow had a season-ending injury. You got Lamar. You got Josh Allen. You got Trevor Lawrence. You got, you got, you just, man, it's it's a it's it's really a gauntlet in the AFC, and and nobody seems to be able to take down Patrick Mahomes except for Joe Joe Burrow and Tom Brady. Tom Brady's retired now. You got and only person you got left is Joe Burrow. So. Yeah, but it's it's really hard to three peat. But like I said, I'm, I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the crew. So yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna take this all the way. I think we've reached a point now where you know it's like the Warriors. I mean, any dynasty, it's like the Warriors. I mean, they they have to be the betting. They have to be the odds on favorite to you know. I, I think they I think they should have been the favorite to repeat. I mean, to three peat, but they had the 49ers there. Listen, we've reached a point now where you just until they're dethroned, until something catastrophic happens that gets them out of that realm where they in now. They have to be the, considered the favorites. I mean, listen, this year was the most vulnerable. Listen, in Patrick Mahomes' worst season that he's had in his career by far, they win the Super Bowl. This is as vulnerable and, and, and as flawed as this team is probably going to be going forward. Now, this is probably as flawed as they're going to be going forward. I think they I think they will do uh, – I think they will bring in a true number one receiver on the offseason. Now, the thing about doing that is if you're going to do that, 
you're probably going to end up losing either Chris Jones or Legere Sneed because both of those guys are free agents this offseason and both are going to command a lot of money. So I don't I don't believe that you're going to that you can be able to address the receiving core while also retaining those two guys. So you got to take that into account. That that would be you know that would be inst- an instrumental loss if they lost either one of those guys. But I just don't see how they did it. But still, you you, you still got that guy at quarterback. You still got Andy Reid as head coach. Travis Kelsey still, I mean, is the best postseason receiver in NFL history. So until I – th- I think injury is the only thing that can really dethrone them at this point. So, yeah, I'm going to take that. All right, back to some NBA talk. We just talked about the Lakers, another team that's kind of ascending right now. One team that's not ascending is the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> Uh, since since the firing of Adrian Griffin and Doc Rivers has taken over, they've gone three and seven, and their offense has plummeted. Defense has gotten a little bit better, but it doesn't it it doesn't look, it has not been an improvement. So I asked you, take it or shake it. The Bucks are no longer a championship contender. I'm gonna shake it. Gonna shake I'm it. I'm gonna shake it. They're they're still a championship contender, but it can't it can't go unnoticed what's going on right now. Three and seven since hiring Doc. You 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 fire Adrian Griffin, who had you at thirty and thirteen, and it's looking like it's not looking good right now, but it can't go unnoticed. You have to. You, there are some things that you got to fix. You got to get it together. And, and when you really look at it, Dame and Giannis really haven't. They've kind of been in and out of the lineup as well. Dame's dealt with some injuries here and there, but I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. Like I said, it's their first year together. They still they're still trying to get chemistry. Because I mean, when you bring over a guy like Damian Lillard. And when you're a guy like Chris Middleton, who was basically the second option, and you get 20 shots a night, and now those 20 go to probably 11, 12, maybe, that that's a hard adjustment to make. Yeah. So when you're looking at that, is is it's a it's a difficult, and and, and then you throw in bringing in a, a whole new coach mm-hmm. in the middle of a season, so it's a different, uh, different, uh, difficult adjustment to make. But uh, I think when you have one of the best players in the NBA, Giannis, and uh, I believe a top ten player in Damian Lillard. I think you give yourself a oh, chance, and, and you and you're definitely and you're definitely a contender. Wow, uh, I'm gonna shake. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna shake it too uh, because I think you know, you, 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 when you look at the East, there really isn't a handful of teams that really move the needle. Uh, and I, I think that they'll be that they'll be right there in position at the end to uh, to to essentially come out of the East because uh, and when you have Giannis, you know he, he we know that Giannis his greatness can uplift the team over any over, over over any team when he's when he's playing at his ultimate great level. But like you say, you can't ignore the things that's been going on right now. Uh, and I think you hit it right in the head with Dane. Listen, I, I, I've I've always I've always felt this. I mean, you, you have to be careful with these guys. Who put up these these lofty gaudy numbers on these on these teams with no expectations or, or or losing teams, and bring them into a situation where there's immediate championship expectations, and then they have to adjust their role and now play off somebody else. Dame has never had to do that before, so you you can't you you had to think that it was going to be an adjustment for Dame coming into this situation where there's obvious championship aspirations, and you you're the you're the clear cut section option second option on the team. You have you, you I mean you just have to know that that's going to be an adjustment. We've seen it with 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 a number of players that have done it. We talk about Kevin Love, Chris Bosh, 
the list goes on with of situations like that. So, but I'm gonna hold out hope because just simply because I think you know Giannis is is tough to beat himself in the seven game series. So I give him a shot, but it's it's discouraging what we've seen right now. They're gonna have to find a way to get it better. All right, sticking with the NBA, I know you heard the reports earlier this week that the Warriors made a run at LeBron James at the trade <laughs> deadline. What a joke. You think it was a joke? Uh, obviously, it was quickly shut down. Uh, listen, the Warriors are grasping for straws at this point. I mean, they they they, they know it's over. They're desperate. Yeah, and they, they, they're just doing whatever they can. But, again, it begs the question, next, it is LeBron and Steph Curry together. So, take it or shake it. If, hypothetically, that would have happened, would, would, would the Warriors have become a, a championship favorite with LeBron and Steph Curry together? Well, I think I think I'm going to take it because I mean, obviously, with those two together, I think you're 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 definitely a championship contender right there. But it depends on what if that were to happen, what would the Warriors have to that's give what, up? That's going to be our point. Would you have to give up a Klay Thompson or Andrew Wiggins or or a Draymond Green or what, what? What would you have to give up to to get LeBron? And what what would you be bringing in? But I think when you put those two on, on a team together. Uh, obviously, there are two agent uh, superstars, but when you put those two two on a, on a team together, you're you're obviously you obviously put yourself in championship contention. So yeah, I'm gonna take it that they that, that they would definitely be a championship contender. I'm gonna shake that. I don't think they would have been. Not I do. I, do I think they would have been much better than they were than they are now? Because yeah, because that's simply what they're missing. They they don't have a second guy. I mean, Steph has been otherworldly all year. I mean, you know. He's put he put up forty two the other night against the Clippers. They lost that game. There was a game, I, I think. What he put up forty nine against the Lakers earlier this year, and they lost. He and, put up like fifty against the Hawks the other night, and they lost. Yeah, and so I mean, at some point, Steph is. It, it, I, I, but that that's that to me, that's the real question here. At what point does Steph put the front uh, the pressure on the front office to you know to get this corrected? And if it's not able to get corrected, does Steph ask for a move? I don't. I don't think that's a pipe dream. I think that's now. Steph obviously, you know, he has nothing to prove. Another championship isn't going to make or break his legacy. But I'm sure he doesn't want to. You know, the last one in your his his career, he doesn't want to go out and you know still because still been in his prime for for a middle of the pack team. Great players usually don't settle for things like that. But as far as LeBron. Like it's like going there and then being a title contender. If he had he went there, it's like you said. What would they have to give up? Because they're they've they've all, they're they're already lack they already lack depth as it is. Adding LeBron, I think, takes away from more of that. So I I, I don't think they would have been a legit championship contender. Not in not in the Western Conference. Not with some against some of these other teams that you see. Okay, I, I'm not I'm not sure how their roster. Now again, how great Steph and LeBron is, but I'm not, I'm not sure how good enough that roster would have stacked up to some of the other teams. Okay. Last one here. Um, NFL season is officially wrapped up. That means we gear our focus to the NFL draft. Now, there's been reports that the Chicago Bears hold the number one overall pick again going into this year. Last year, they elected to trade off of it to the Carolina Panthers, who ultimately drafted Bryce Young. This year, they possess the number one pick again, who many and we all believe is going to be Caleb Williams. There's been reports out there that the Bears may consider trading off that pick again and trading down. I actually take it a shake it. Shit, the Bears move off the first pick. You know, I'm glad you asked this because I was actually going to bring this up if you didn't. Because, um, you know, we've kind of visited this topic here and there throughout, throughout you know, this, this show. 
Uh, what was the question again? Take it or shake it. Should they trade the pick? Shake it. They should not trade the pick. They should pick Caleb Williams. Absolutely. I, I'm right. And not and no knock against Justin no. Fields. I don't think Justin Fields is bad. But here's the thing: if you don't think Justin Fields is your guy, you got to move off of him now because you can't wait another year because this next draft is not a quarterback friendly friendly draft. In this draft, you got a Caleb Williams, a Drake May, a, a Michael Penix that you can kind of lean on. But I think if you got the number one pick, I think you and I think this will help both both parties. I think this would be a great a great new move for just Justin Fields. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think if you if you if if you if you don't solely believe that Justin Fields is your guy, you got to move off of him this year. And and real quick, I'm gonna let you go, but because I think the birds will move off of him. But I think in my mind, some good landing spots for for Justin Fields that I just had that I'm just thinking about right now. I think New Orleans is a, is a good option for him. I would say Atlanta is a good option, and probably Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh definitely is probably my my top three spots for for Justin Fields because when I look at those those three cities, I look at New Orleans when you you got a Chris Olave who he put did he play with Chris Olave? Yes, he did. He mm-hmm. played with Chris Olave. Um, you got a Alvin Kamara. You got a, a, a Kendry Miller. So you got you got you got pretty good you got pretty good weapons there. When I look at it, at Atlanta, you got. A Kyle Pitts, a Drake London, a Bijan Robinson. Man, what what Justin Fields could be in that offense, and and kind of bring back what Mike Vick probably could do. Because Justin Fields' ability to, to 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 run the ball is, is huge, and what what he's able to do. So when I just look at those those few destinations, I think that's the best best for Justin Fields. So I I yeah I do think I think Chicago should move off of him because I think it'd benefit both parties. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm I'm, I'm going to say they shouldn't. They 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 shouldn't trade the pick. They yeah. They they should draft Caleb Williams. I know that, and and I know last year when we had this conversation, I said they should trade the pick. And the main reason was because I don't think that Bryce Young is anywhere near the quarterback that Caleb Williams is. That 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 okay. that's that, that's simply why I, I I don't believe that that would have been the right decision. I believe the right decision would have been. Because you weren't a quarterback away, and right. I don't see transcendently great in Bryce Young. And you know, ultimately now we see what Bryce Young. Not saying I don't. Want, it's a it, it's a dumpster fire in Carolina. Yeah. We all know that. But I, I think that we can kind of see that 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 Bryce Young. Bryce Young is, needs it, it, more. It, it isn't transcendently. Bryce great. Young needs more tools around him to succeed so, than Caleb Williams would. Right. Exactly. Perfect. So ultimately, that was the right decision to to trade that pick and not dra- and not draft Bryce Young. Now. You could look at it another way and see what CJ Stroud became and say that you probably should have kept the pick and draft to CJ Stroud. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, and all in all, I, I I I was on board and saying that was the right decision. But I feel now you you have to because obviously you still have questions about Justin Fields if you're the Chicago Bears. So, and Justin Fields is going to be in line for a contract after this season. Yeah, you can't have him on the roster alone and, and still have questions with him and be in a position and find yourself in a position like some of these other teams where you have to uh, be obligated to pay him just because you have nowhere else to go. So, yeah, I think you trade the pick just simply because you, 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 have to, you have to stabilize the quarterback. You have to get a guy that you're sure of at the quarterback position. And I think Caleb Williams is that type of talent to where he'll, he'll give you stability in that position for years to come. And if you trade down, I don't really know any other guys that would actually – that I, I would say would, would give you – I mean, 
yeah, I know we both love Michael Penix, but I, I, I mean, I, do I put him in the same realm as a Caleb Williams as a prospect? Nah. No. I mean, the most interesting guy in this draft, I think, is Drake May. Because... UNC I, quarterbacks have not. I, I understand. Well. I understand that, and they probably and Chicago probably don't want to draft another UNC quarterback. <laughs> but, um, you know, him from a talent standpoint checks all the boxes. Now I get that you know this past year coming into this year he was you know the, he was going into this year he was going to be the he was going to Caleb Williams was going to be number one he was going to be number two those those two were locked Drake may kind of fell off because he didn't have as good of a year this year as he did the previous year. And I think a lot of that was, you know, a product of what was around him. You know, he they they lost a lot on that Carolina team. And Drake May, you know, really didn't perform at the level that he did prior. But I, I tell you what, turn on the film of Drake May. You, you'll see why this guy is, is regarded the way he's regarded. He's a guy that can ultimately – we can look back on this draft and he can ultimately be the best quarterback in this draft, in my opinion. Because I've watched Drake May and he checks all the boxes for me. But I don't think you can draft the number one of your Chicago. It's just too many questions. As far as Justin Fields goes, yeah, I agree with you. This should be – it could be great for both parties because then if you Chicago Bears, you finally get a guy in there that you're comfortable with, that you believe in, and Justin Fields gets a chance to start somewhere fresh. You brought up the teams that I think that that would be a good fit for Justin Fields. Obviously, Atlanta. I, I, I didn't really think about New Orleans until you brought it up. That's a good one, too. I like that. Pittsburgh, definitely – Definitely, because that, I mean, I I don't know at, at what point do that. I mean, you can have all these 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 nice pieces around you, but if you don't have the quarterback around you, yeah. that that that's just simply that they that that if they don't realize that now, then I don't know what it takes. Maybe Mike Tomlin should be fired today. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I obviously they should there that that team should be at the top of the list to uh to pursue Justin Fields, and I'm gonna give you another team who should be right there at the top of the list. You so. We, See if you'll like this one. The New York Jets. You cannot find yourself in a situation like you did last year. You want now, Aaron to be a Rodgers, backup? Now, now, Aaron Rodgers. No, now Aaron, no, listen to me. This, this is why I say this. Now, Aaron Rodgers is coming back at age 41 after Achilles tear. Now, he may not tear his Achilles again, but what are the chances that Aaron Rodgers is going to get hurt again? It's pretty high. So, if you are the New York Jets, you have to be in a position now where not only do you have to find – a succession plan to Aaron Rodgers. You have to find a backup plan, uh, right? What, what's the word? A succession and you know what? What I said they didn't have this year. Succession and whatever. They have to find. They have to find somebody that can step in that will be able to play for them now, if need be. If Aaron Rodgers does go down again, and you also have to find a guy that you have to feel good with going forward. Now, I think Justin Fields checks off all of those boxes. If Aaron Rodgers coming out at age 42, goes down after Achilles tear, and say he misses four or five games, you got a guy in Justin Fields that you can that you feel very comfortable. You plug in, play with Garrett Wilson at Ohio State, can go in and play winning football for you. And when Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers decides to, you know, leave after next year, you got a guy in place that you feel comfortable holding the reins over to. So I think the New York Jets should definitely be in in, in play here for Justin Fields. You cannot find yourself in a position next year where you are in the same boat. Where you don't, where you don't have a plan in place if Aaron Rodgers goes down, hmm. because I said people were saying, well, I mean, you can't really blame them last year for what happened. That was just a forget. Yeah, you're right, but I can blame I can blame them for the fact that Zach Wilson was out there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think the New York Jets should definitely be a team that should be you know 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I, I understand, but I think the it would do the Jets a better favor to get somebody a more experienced because I think having Zach as your backup was their downfall. Zach Wilson should not be, be Zach Wilson should not finish any plans for the New York Jets in, uh, going into next season. He should not be. A, he should not. He should not. He should not be a backup. He shouldn't he be should on the be, team. He, no, <laughs> there, there should be. There should be no reason why Zach Wilson takes the field for the New York Jets next year. None. Okay. What about the? What about uh? I thought you were going to say the New York Giants because I know I don't think Daniel Jones is good. I, but see, I know they just paid him, so yeah, he's that, on that's payroll. a tricky situation. But I'm, what I'm, about what about the Patriots? I know Belichick is gone. I know. Gerard Mayo was in, but I don't know if they if they're completely sold on Mac Jones. And I know because I think Mac Jones. No, I think Mac Jones is out of there. I, I think I, his confidence is hit is really hit. I, um, I I would say that they should be, but they don't I'm, have a good. They don't have. Good yeah, I don't, I'm not sure yeah. how much I'm wishing it on Justin Fields because yeah. I think that situation. Get, he'd be, he'd is be in the same. Yeah, I think he'd be in the worst situation than yeah. he is now. So, yeah. um, the Patriots it, it's going to be a while. They, they have to. They got some. They got they, some. They got some. To me, to, to me, they're the Chicago Bears a year ago. Their roster needs so much construction and, and rebuilding up from 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 the roster everywhere from a talent standpoint. That I think you. St- I think you. I think you bring back Mac Jones next year. I mean, I don't really see what difference it would make, but or Bailey's happy. Yeah, yeah. Let them fight it out. Let them bet. I mean, if you. If you, I mean, if you want to start. Mac Jones eight games to start Bailey Zappi for, for for nine games. Go ahead, but yeah. it, it essentially ain't gonna make any difference who you do. Yeah, but, uh, I'm glad you brought that one up because I, I that that was one I wanted to get into because I, I do think I think Justin Field Field is very talented. I think he can be a good uh uh I can I think he could be anywhere between eleven anywhere between ten to fifteen quarterback in this league. Yeah. I think he could be a middle pack quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. So in I don't the right think, situation, yes. Yeah, I just think he, he, he hasn't been put in the right situation to succeed because I just think the Bears are a bad franchise. Yeah. I mean, I, that's I mean so and, and the thing that you have to know about I mean, he's in a situation now where he's he's in he's in a tough spot. He's in a spot that he's playing for a head coach, a general manager, and an owner that did not draft Justin Fields. So we, we 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 know these guys. They they like to they like to hand pick and come in with their own guy. So it, yeah, it, it it may be the best situation for Justin Fields to go ahead and you know. Get Ve- a Vegas season. might be a good uh, might be a good team for him too. Yeah, because I, I don't know what's going. On. I heard I read something about Jimmy G earlier this year. I mean, earlier today. I don't know what's going on with that, but PDs or something yeah. like that. But uh, I don't think Jimmy PPE G PPE is what he is. <laughs> I don't think Jimmy G was the guy anyway. I mean, he got benched for uh, Aiden O'Connell. So. But all right, man. That's a wrap for another episode of Brother Love Sports. Real quick, uh, Mike Zimmer, you like it? Sure. Hey, it really did. I told you, I'm not talking about these guys, man. Yeah, I, I just, don't I, just I don't, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to get into it. I mean, it, it, it moves. I mean, because I mean, essentially, it's, it's like what we just talked about in San Francisco. I mean, the Cowboys' defense essentially last year was a was a was a top unit. It's it's that one. But what I will say about Mike Zimmer, from what I've heard, he holds guys accountable. Right. From, you know he's hold, he holds guys guys accountable, and I think he he will hold these guys accountable yeah. on the defensive end. So mm-hmm. I don't know. 
We'll see. I like I mean, the hire. He, he was a pretty he, – He's. I mean, the Vikings had a pretty good defense. On, on oh, the yeah. Him, the, so. the, the, the Vikings were a top defense every year under Mike Zimmer. So, yeah, I, I think it was I, – I, I think it was a good hire. I mean, like you said, he holds guys accountable. He's an old-school guy. He's familiar, you know, with the Cowboys. He was a defensive coordinator for a number of years. Um, he does hold people accountable. He's a hard-nosed guy. Only question is, will he be able to do that? We'll have to see. But, uh, you know, I, I think the only thing that's discouraging to me is uh, – I was just watching this celebrity uh, uh, basketball game, and Michael Parsons was playing harder in the game in that game than he did at any point against the Green Bay Packers. That's what's discouraging to me, but I, that's a conversation for another day. All right. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in once again to another episode of Brotherly Love of Sports. We appreciate the support. Peace out.